I went back and listened to uh, a season one episode for the first time in at least three or four years of the child's play reboot of the child's play reboot um and it was weird i i I really have not and i'm being very truthful here i have not listened to anything season one or two for more than two seconds in years yeah and i listened to it and a it wasn't as mortified with the sound as i thought because like i remember the sound is really only fucked for like the first like two episodes yeah, well, fucked. Yeah. Like, fucked, yeah. yeah. But, like, it's got this shitty canny quality, yeah, but, like, when you play it off your cell phone and you're, like, cooking and shit, it, it's kind of negligible. I'm yeah. not as embarrassed about the quality as ever, but um, I listened to that, and I had some interesting things that I had kind of gained from that, which it's worth mentioning because the reason that we are doing Child's Play 3 today is because uh, it was one of the movies on the sequel Spinner Board uh, we had done as I'm saying, a Child's Play reboot, the one starring, I think it was Mark Hamill as the doll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, fucking yeah. strange. And it had Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. And we liked that movie. Yeah. Um, I, I am bummed that they haven't made more of them. We gave it a pretty favorable review, and we also kind of predicted uh, correctly that there wasn't going to be another one. <laughs> you you gave it an eight. Yeah. 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 It was a fun horror movie yeah it had a lot of like invention in it that i appreciated and i feel like it really went by the wayside yeah for sure like when you look at that um, fucking climax scene in the mall or the grocery store was fucking (laughs) crazy (laughs) all i remember from that is just a flash in my mind of like um a drone with like knives strapped to it like flying, (laughs) flying around um that movie rocked i think i like that movie uh quite a bit and we did say in that initial episode um, a few things. We put on the table um, that Dan is more of a Child's Play series fan than I. We put on the table, or Dan did, that the first horror movie he had ever watched was Child's Play 2. Yeah. Which is an interesting detail. Maybe he can tell me a bit about Child's Play 2 because uh, with the sequel spinner board thing, some of the sequels were like, movies out of a franchise that weren't in order we're just like trying to you know throw things out there and dan has like a a predilection towards the third child's play so i thought let's just go straight to the money dan wants to do child's play three we shouldn't have to watch one and two to get there i mean how much could have really happened yeah um and um i think you had said something to the effect of all the child's play movies from the 80s are great and that kind of like did a little flip in my mind because I haven't looked it up yet, but is this movie from the eighties? This felt like it was made in like 1990. Yeah. No, I think child's play three came out in like 91. Okay. That, that feels, uh, that feels right. Um, the first two were in the eighties. I have seen this movie that we're talking about today. I had seen it in many of the like rewatches that I do, because as I mentioned in that season one episode, Chucky, most notably is the one of the seats at the last supper of horror icons you could say like if you had to do a last supper of horror icons you got freddy you got jason you got pinhead all these guys chucky uh is absolutely worthy of that distinction and has all the reboot boots the requels the crazy ass like the tv you know, series yeah it's got like a huge universe of content but it's definitely like a tier lower it's in a terms tier of, lower of fucking yeah. like cultural ubiquity that's what and i that's was getting the, at. and like that's like because it's weird as fuck well <laughs> the humor in it is so fucking odd <laughs> yeah i mean well what, the problem is what i've really decided the issue is with the chucky series while i was watching this movie is that it's just like pitched sideways. It's a, it's a series about a killer doll, a children's doll, right? For example, let's take into example another killer children's doll film or two, like Annabelle or like Puppet Master. Annabelle and Puppet Master, never in those movies are they shipping the dolls as anything less than terrifying. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's no child would watch Annabelle and be like, oh, I want to play with an Annabelle doll like or I have a doll that is the same make as Annabelle whereas Chucky and I mentioned this in the first season episode is something that I owned before 
the movie Chucky existed. Like I owned a good guy doll, which is like the exact doll that Chucky was either made out of before or after. And it was terrifying in its own way, but it's, it's, it's for children. Like Chucky, when he's not in his evil killing form is a children's toy. Yeah, Whereas yeah. all these other killer puppet things aren't really that. And I think that's what makes Chucky weird is that the icon of its horror is shipped to scare children, not an adult. An yeah. adult isn't preternaturally scared of a kid's doll. A kid is. But a kid couldn't get into a Chucky movie to see it. Like, you and I saw yeah. them because we lived fucked up childhoods. Yeah. But a kid couldn't go down the street and see Child's Play. And the movie is called Child's Play. And it's just like this really weird middle ground of like a, a hardcore horror <laughs> it's movie. It's all just cursing out children. <laughs> yeah. And like trying to get into boys' souls. Like, yeah. it's just like fucking bizarre. It's so bizarre. And. And, like, there's all these, like, mini details to Chucky that, like, he's, like, Cajun voodoo. It's just, like, there's a lot, man. It's it's really a very convoluted... Well, that's all covered in the first movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the first movie opens up with um, the guy who plays Chucky. What is his name? Brad Dorif. Um, yeah, Char one the, Charles one of the goats. Lee Ray. Yeah, one of the goats. With Charles Lee Ray... Uh, being killed by the police or whatever. I think that's the opening of the first child's play. And then his well, soul. He's, he's doing like like a seance, like Satan shit. He's yeah. like trying to like, yeah. But that's like, that's the problem I think with the series. I think that's what's landed Chucky as a less reputable horror icon is that like Jason and especially like Pinhead, you don't see Pinhead in like, lightweight situations like making jokes yeah like, right like being uh like hip and cool and like saying lingo from like the current year uh or making racist jokes which we will get to <laughs> well that, like that's like what i was thinking about a lot while i was watching this because i hadn't watched this you know i've always said child's play 3 is my favorite but i haven't watched it probably since middle school mm -hmm. um and my interpretation of my feelings with <sighs> the series was that so, like, I watched Child's Play 2 very young, and, like, I watched all these slashers when I was young, and, like, I don't know if it's, like, my, uh, what we've determined to be, like, autistic brain, but, like, I never, even when I was very young, I never found these Please movies. Please refer to the After Dark channel. <laughs> I never uh, found these movies scary because I had no imagination, so, like, I was just like, this is ridiculous, it's not realistic, so, like, it's just funny. So, like, I always, like, watched the movies kind of thinking they were funny, and then when it switched to like Bride of Chucky vibes and they increasingly after that just leaned into it being comedy. I was like bummed when at the time, but now watching this one last night or whenever I watched it, I was just like, Oh, the things I'm enjoying most about this are that it's just so fucking twisted and hilarious. So like, I get why they leaned into that being the vibe because like the movies aren't scary because it's just so fucking ludicrous. But, like, so they make up for it by making Chucky, like, I didn't remember Chucky being so fucking just, like, unhinged and fucking terrifying in yeah. It's, like, the faces and noises he makes when he's <laughs> strangling people Great. are so fucking wild. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean... And have had the Child's Play series leaned into that more maybe it would be a little different but like the first three entries including the one that we watched for today are taking themselves a little too seriously yeah, yeah but for then sure. you have another world where you get into like bride of chucky seed of chucky and then it's like almost too much in the wrong direction yeah yeah for sure. especially seed of chucky so like i think that kind of touches on why i liked that remake re remake reboot technically yeah. um oh yeah reboot um i liked that reboot because it had both things and the doll was pretty actually menacing yeah um that being said <laughs> this movie i expected to be like very bad like from all metrics uh i know that this movie has some kind of troubled production history maybe yeah is that correct yeah um... i didn't look into it I didn't have time. It's a situation <laughs> of like... I don't know if you know anything about it. But. Like, Jack Bender got pulled on to make it, and it was like incredibly abrupt. 
Like they had, Wait, like, will you give our audience just uh, a little Jack Benner information, kind of hooking it in vis-a-vis as to why we're doing this one in particular, because it's directed by him? Right, so uh, if uh, you listen to our Lost Boys miniseries, where I watched all of Lost for the first time, we uh, a lot of flowers were given to... Uh, often director of the show Jack Bender his yeah. episodes in particular being highlights of the series for sure then I discovered that Jack Bender was the director of my favorite Chucky movie and I was like oh perfect perfect um, it all comes together but my understanding and I haven't watched all the commentaries and shit there's three commentaries on the disc that's um, a lot <laughs> um my understanding is like he was brought in super last minute um had never made a movie like that and like there was, you know, it was butting heads, and then it was like one of those situations where, like, they got they spent a shitload of money, and then like got to the end and screened it for the studio, and they were like, "This is a piece of shit," and like test audiences hated it, and mm-hmm. it was like gonna like ruin Jack Bender's career entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got absolutely panned and murdered when it came out, and the Chucky series they didn't make another movie for fucking eight years after that. Like, this is all interesting information because. A, this movie is not far off in quality from part one and two, and I'm saying that without It's having... way better than one. Two is a better movie. For, but, I think but two this is one is a more interesting best movie. One, two is maybe the best of the original trilogy from my memory. Yeah, and it's that the only like... one that's like actually kind of scary. Yeah, but... that, that one is very horror, horror heavy. But I just find the plot of this one far more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I this one had a lot of potential. And occasionally it was allowed to exercise that potential. And then sometimes it kind of fizzled out. And I think what's worth mentioning up front is that this is like (laughs) the Chucky's in the army movie. Uh, If you had to kind of quantify it as like a franchise entry, Uh, you got Jason in space, you got Leprechaun in the hood. And this one is like Chucky at um, Chucky goes to military school, military school. Um, (laughs) And there's a world where that premise is rich for sure this was not that world they they kind of dipped into it and in the latter half of the movie they set up a situation where and this is exactly where this kind of movie should go where the all the army kids are playing uh, like a war game in the woods yeah. uh with paintballs yeah. um that tees up the best execution of the premise of the film which is army versus chucky and that brilliance is like 10 minutes long but but also what i find to be the peak uh like chucky kill moment of the movie is that chucky replaces a bunch of their guns with live rounds so the fucking kids start shooting each other that is an amazing moment for sure and that is where i want to say it almost felt like chucky battle royale was happening yeah the kids were at each other's throats. The drama that he's, they had set up. He's causing elaborate chaos. He's he's causing not only like physical violence to everyone chaos, but like has somehow infiltrated the emotional relationships between a lot of the characters. Yeah. And has made it so that everybody hates. Uh, who's the main character? What's his name? Andy. Andy. Everybody, everybody hates Andy. And Andy has some cronies, uh, including Ari Gold's wife, <laughs> which I guess we'll dedicate a whole section of this podcast to, uh, who is uh, obviously a much younger version of herself um, from that show, but is his like pseudo girlfriend um, because the military school is co-ed like Starship Troopers. I don't know. And um, that whole situation, that chaos, brilliant. But like, I don't know whose idea was it to cut that off and to make it so brief and then to like parlay the last third of the movie into being like a stupid haunted house, like lost at a carnival movie. Yeah, it was it was like the beginning of uh, Golden Gun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this should be its own subgenre. Is like movies that have really long, extended, creepy, psychedelic haunted house yeah. <laughs> sections in them, <laughs> like to a point where it's too much, and yeah. you're like, Jesus Christ, you set all this up. It's um, like Suspiria Core. One movie that did that, and this is a movie that I'm going to bring to the podcast, I've decided at some point when I get the reins back on things around here. Uh, There's a movie with Martin Short from the 90s where uh, he played, I think, the son. 
he's playing a 10 year old boy let's start there. oh oh yeah I know, I know this movie um yeah, yeah, yeah. and clifford movie is insane is an insane movie <laughs> that i recommend anybody watch i haven't seen it in almost 30 years i would say at this point last time i saw it i was a child okay um and i owned it i would watch it every day because if you know me you know that my connection to clifford is dinosaurs it is a, <laughs> an entire movie about a child who helps come to fruition a dinosaur theme park yeah. that is the physical plot of clifford clifford's a nightmare because again it's martin short it's basically like martin short's master of disguise yeah martin, like, martin short's doing child face the biggest whiff you've ever had <laughs> like ever child face <laughs> it's good for the child's play episode um this episode's gonna get flagged by an ai i call, know it call this episode child face three i'm gonna call it <laughs> cp child face three <laughs> Um. So, um, CP three O. Every time we've said CP in the chats to each other, I keep thinking we're talking about C three PO because we've been saying CP three. We're like, did you watch CP three yet? And I'm like, I speak three hundred and forty five languages. Um, and I'm like, damn, how did you get a voice over Facebook Messenger? Yeah. Well, I had no. I just wrote it in Paran. I wrote in C three PO. You voice. recorded it in your phone in that, your truck. That to send a voice memo. That man spent his whole life in that suit. <laughs> sometimes I just sometimes I think about the Star Wars universe, and then I think about Anthony Daniels. Yeah, like his view on it is so fucked up. It's like uh, if you were to interview Barber about the biscuits, you're like, dude, you've seen too much to give me any real objective opinion yeah. about anything we could talk about here. Um, and you're retarded. Um. <laughs> all right um so uh yeah i feel like this movie um wanted to be chucky's in the army now but kind of like slipped up on that premise and what i will say is in the positive point of view i like this movie i th thought that it was filmed well and had some great color in it um especially in the haunted house scene which we're clowning on sure but like it was closer to um like a good haunted house than it was to like batman and robin <laughs> like it looked cool it had this like almost 80s like stranger thingsy like foggy pink neon aesthetic that i thought was filmed well and looked cool and i thought that the chucky animatronic was 10 out of 10. Yeah, insane. Um, Not only is the opening... Fucking menacing as fuck. Yeah, not only is the opening one of the best over credits, practical effects. It's basically Chucky uh, having been murdered in the last movie, his body reconstituting. Um, and, and that was the only thing I told you ahead of time. I was like, I don't remember most of the movie, but besides the dude, intro. That intro, whoever filmed that, I don't know if it was Phil Tippett, whatever fucking genius they had on the animatronic in that movie. I would have to watch one and two to compare, but I don't sit. Two, I, I, two is strong, but not that strong. I want to say that strong. there's no world. And again, without having seen these movies in decades, there's no world where the first two films had a better animatronic than that. No. That thing was at capacity yeah they had its lips its eyes its fucking eyelashes articulating like yeah. it was really well done and at the end my personal favorite moment in the movie uh his side of his face gets cut off by a giant scythe <laughs> yeah and he's got this like fleshy biological fucking gnarly like musculature veins running through his face he looks like Aaron Eckhart's Two Face, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. actually practically done and like doesn't look like shit. Um, dude, crazy. I mean, and I feel like I saw that puppet at a Hard Rock Cafe in the '90s that I was at, like Sick. in New York. They had all the different Chuckies at one, and that was cool. Chucky's just a part of pop culture. It's like. Not a movie that I want to shit on, which is why it's questionable for this podcast. But I have some questions about this movie. Okay. <laughs> like logistical questions. Okay. Uh, you tell me if I wasn't paying enough attention. Okay. Chucky. Yeah. The character. Yes. He's a doll. Yeah. He is played uh, by Brad Dourif, who is playing a serial killer whose soul, specifically, 
has been transferred into the doll. Yes. His goals are to transfer his soul into a boy's soul. Deep, deep into a boy's soul. Yeah, into a boy's body. He wants the body. Um, so that he can then become this child and, like, the omen antichrist, walk the earth and perform more evil deeds. Correct? Yeah. Okay. So, Well, you know, for, is there any... for the first two movies, it's more shipped as, like, he wants to just be not a doll anymore. <laughs> like, the going into the doll was, like, an emergency thing. That's he always was, his he was about, He hates being He was doll. about to be arrested, so his only option was to go into the doll. Uh, so he fucking, he wants to be a person again. Let's forget that the doll is invincible <laughs> and a, clearly a better situation than being a human being, yeah. especially if you're a sadistic serial killer. Yeah. If you're a sadir- like sadistic serial killer, your whole vibe is, is that you love murder. Yeah. The first thing you'd want to be is a creepy doll. Yeah, but he wants to fuck. He wants to fuck. Yeah. And they address that throughout the series. Yeah. They're like, dude, it, you can have it all. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can fuck Jennifer Tilly as a doll. And um, you could have it but all. even in those movies, he hates being a doll. And his ultimate goal is to crawl into a boy's soul. Yeah, yeah. This movie's very concerned with that process. But <laughs> I have a bunch of questions about it that I feel like I missed something. So okay. we've agreed on the premise of Chucky. Yeah. That is his goal. He's yeah. going to use voodoo magic yeah. to invade a boy's soul. Yes. Got it. The end of the previous movie, it seems like he's in some kind of Terminator 2 factory where he's been dissembled and murdered. He comes back to life in the first few minutes of this movie. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Andy. Now let's let's establish that. And that factory is the factory where the climax scene of, of Child's Play 2 yeah. happened. Yeah. 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 Um, Andrew. We're agreed on the premise. Let's introduce the character, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Who's being played by... In this movie, I would assume a different actor. Mm-mm. No way. That's the same the same kid through all three movies? I believe so. I know him from a show where I would watch him every fucking day. And it is just all hitting me right now. It wasn't Star Trek The Next Generation. He wasn't Wesley Crusher. Who the fuck was he in my childhood? The kid who played Andy. Um... He I was, was in a show that I watched like eight. I seasons saw that. Of. I was looking. Uh, was it? No. It I wasn't definitely have sliders. it up on my. I have it up on my phone. I hold was on, let my it, brain. Right. You look it up. While I'm gonna try to remember. I'm racing your flip phone. Um. Got it. Wasn't sliders, and it. He wasn't the kid who killed himself from Sequest. No. He wasn't in Star Trek. But I remember him wearing the most 90s clothes. You're, uh... Oh, I know it. Okay, I know it. Good. He's Jimmy fucking Olsen yeah, yep. from Lois and Clark, The Adventures of yeah. Superman, which has got to be within inches of me right now. It is. And um, I would watch... Dude, I watched 800 episodes of TV starring him. Never once connected that he was the kid from that. Uh, they've got him in, like, a, I would say, a Devin Sawa series of wigs in this movie that I didn't appreciate, like buzzed hair to regular hair. Okay. No, he's not the kid from the original movies. I was wrong. Okay, good. Because he felt like a plant to me. He felt like... Fucking industry plant. He's like fucking Tay-Tay. Yeah. Like they... um, They they, were like, get the dude from Dungeons and Dragons. I hate hate when they do this. Yeah, he was in Dungeons and Dragons. That was his main movie role. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Jeremy Irons in that movie. God rest his soul. He's not dead, but he was in Batman versus Superman, so it's the same difference. Um, It's dead to me. We've established Andy. Yeah. Andy is Chucky's first boy <laughs> he wanted to climb into. Yeah. Um, and um, this movie kicks off with Chucky wanting what I would assume is revenge. Yeah. Um, his focus of revenge is Andy. Andy is at military school. Yeah. We're all good on this so far. Yeah. Again, Chucky wants to be in a boy soul. Yes. Chucky wants to fuck with Andy. Yeah. So what I thought when the movie started, here's question number one, is Chucky's not trying to go into into Andy's hole. He's trying to go into a little black boy's hole. Well, his plan was to go into Andy 
and then he met the little black boy and okay, it was well, like this will be easier. Now, he, okay, but here here's the problem. Let's let's stop and repeat what you just said one more time. That sentence that you just said. That he wanted to mm-hmm. enter Andy. Mm-hmm. Um but was presented with an easier option. Okay. Now let me describe that in how it actually happened in the movie and this is where things like don't make any sense to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Chucky. He knows his own strengths. Mm-hmm. He knows that when he's exposed and I mean to more than one or two people, he's in danger. Yeah. As the doll he knows his own limitations. It's very clear, I think, in all the Child's Play movies that Chucky sticks to the shadows. He infiltrates through stealth by becoming a doll. Yeah, he's like Splinter Cell. Right. He's like Splinter Cell. He goes, he puts the box over his head, and the box is when he becomes a doll, and he walks into the middle of the fucking battlefield. And that is Chucky's MO as a horror villain. So then the movie kicks off. The first thing Chucky does is mail himself to the army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So again, this is a uh, a doll that, it, knowing this character as intimately as I, I would say that I think that I do, what he would have actually done is like hitched a ride up to the army base with this, this, and that person, infiltrated easily, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't do that. He basically sends himself to the police. That's what he his first move of the movie. You know what I mean? He sends himself to the army military school with no instructions other than give to Andy. Yeah. Which is psychotic. <laughs> and I'm not saying psychotic like he's a killer doll, he's making psychotic decisions. That's doesn't have character consistency that makes sense to me. Then what why? why? Because Chucky again is 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 a character that prides himself on his ability to infiltrate situations like efficiently. And what he's doing here is sending himself blind into the most aggressive situation you could send yourself into. Now, what what instantly happens to him is when he's trying to invade the black boy's hole, a army guy rolls into the room, instantly grabs him and takes him away. That could have been it for Chucky, right? Like how? Well, the uh, the army guy could have. Oh, I see what you're doing here. Like in any situation that he's carried to, then he can. Okay, but before we go down that road. Right. Yes, maybe part of his plan was I'll just get there, I'll get kidnapped by the first general, and that's then I'll always, fuck with him. I'll kill that's him. That's always his vibe that's, through the movies. He's yes. he acts by hubris. He's like, I'll figure it out. But where this all flew off the rails for me is that he that could have been the plan. Chucky could have mailed himself and been like, I don't care who picks me up, I'm gonna get to Andy. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm gonna get in his hole. I'm gonna figure it out. We're going to do this. No, dude, what he wants is the moment where Andy gets handed that package and Chucky's just being a doll and sees the look of terror on Andy's face sure. while, like, everyone else just thinks Andy's crazy. Like, he's trying to torture Andy. But where you're... <laughs> where, where the logic of what you're saying and what the writers probably intended is what you're saying flies off the fucking handle is what Chucky does the second he arrives to the military camp because again we've established that Andy is his greatest nemesis and that the best way to get to Andy would be to do what you're describing show up and terrify him right that isn't what he does a he mails himself to the army which is fucking ridiculous and not a good plan for a doll um when he arrives at this army base the first person to find him is this little black kid um I don't know. He intercepts the mail somehow. How does that happen? He finds it in like a storeroom. Yeah. And it's, and it's got Andy's name on right. it. And then he's like, oh, you're Andy's friend. And Chucky's like, oh, you know, Andy. Oh, this you're an idiot. This is gonna be way easier. And because you're Andy's friend, I can fucking torture him. No, that would be interesting if that's what happened. But what happened was the black kid finds him and is like, oh, cool. A doll. I like dolls. And Chucky's like, will you play with me? And he's like, yeah, I like having he friends. He doesn't speak like that. <laughs> right? And um, Chucky, We're getting dicey. again, could have then at that moment frozen, just been a doll and yeah. been like, oh, 
This guy is Andy's friend. He's going to bring me right to Andy. No. What he instantly does is throw this kid on the ground and start performing a voodoo ritual to switch <laughs> his soul into his body, right? Yeah. That is his first move. Yeah. And what makes no sense about this, I think I'm teeing this all up correctly, is that his MO is at odds with like everything he does in this opening. He wants to get to Andy. He wants to torture Andy specifically. He probably wants to take Andy's body ultimately because that has been his goal for the first two films from what I remember in the first two films, he is quite literally like taking Andy hostage over and over again to try to slip into his soul again and again. In this movie, the second he's boots on ground at the army camp, he's like, I'll take this kid. And and you may say, Dan, oh, he decided when he got there, it'd be easier. You know, it'd be even easier not mailing yourself to the <laughs> army and taking any kid off the street where you can lurk in the shadows and do whatever yeah, you want. Nah, so he, he decides he had a plan and then he's winging it. He had a plan, does the exact opposite the second he arrives, which like, okay, chaos, the Joker, fine. But that's not what the writers intended. What the writers were trying to do is set up a situation emotionally from a screenwriting perspective where you would like Andy as a character, but because he is a teenager, you would still want another little kid to be in a tryst with Chucky yeah. about the soul. Yeah, yeah. It's not as interesting. It's not as threatening. It's not as menacing to have a teenager who is who Andy's the problem age, with Chucky. Yeah, who knows the problem with Chucky. How would that have worked out with him getting his soul stolen? It's the screenwriter being like, here's the easiest way out. The easiest way out is he gets there and there's a kid right there. Yeah. And the problem with that is the internal logic of the entire movie, for me, flies completely off the rails from that. And it continues. Because then as the film goes on, Chucky is obsessed with getting the black kid still. No matter what happens. And even up to the final confrontation in the movie, he is not trying to get Andy at all. He, he actually, just wants to murder Andy. Barely. Because in the last scene in the film, he's got the black kid. He's trying to do the ritual. Andy is right in front of him, just loading him with bullets. <laughs> and he is not even looking at Andy. Doesn't even care. Andy's really just like a side project to Chucky climbing into the little black boy's soul. And it's from a screenwriting perspective of like, let's do Child's Play 1 and 2 again, Little Kid, Chucky Doll, but also we want to do the army thing, but also we want to do Andy because our tests seem to suggest that people liked Andy as a character, but the kid's too ugly now, let's get a different one, and the different one, we can't have him climbing into his hole. Andy is a way to get Chucky to a military academy. Why would Chucky want to be at a military academy? No, the screenwriters want him to be in a military exactly. academy. Exactly. <laughs> so what you've now proven is what I've set up, which is that like d this is nonsense. And uh, even until the Your end... Your concern is that Child's Play 3 has a uh, relatively shallow plot device. No. What I'm concerned about, which is what I'm concer concerned about in any schlock horror movie, I don't care if Jason, Freddy, whatever, is internal consistency of of the goals and methodology of the horror icon. For example, we did earlier in the season Scream 6. Did you feel good watching Ghostface run around with a shotgun? No. No, not at all. <laughs> so what I'm getting at is like, it felt like they weren't 100% on the rules for this character. And that, you know, same can be said for Jason, same can be said for Freddy, although I would say that those films develop their inconsistencies later down the road. I think all the movies show that Chucky's kind of an idiot and just acts on impulse and, like, hubris and, like, is kind of always fucking himself doing dumb shit. That is in a the good, interest of, like, good point. Revenge. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem. In the interest of revenge, let's talk about that for yeah. a second. Chucky pro at boy souls as we've talked about what's the plan after for example this movie concludes with chucky so wrapped up in his dembella shit <laughs> that he is ignoring getting shot in the fucking head like point blank with a fucking revolver he's from just Andy. trying to finish okay great just trying to finish we've all been there if he finished what is the plan because when he is in the body of now, a, instead of an immortal serial killing doll, 
a nine-year-old black boy. Yeah. What is going to stop anyone from killing that black boy? Because that's murder. He's like, what are you going to fucking... He's already dead. I mean, when, when Chucky's in your soul, I mean, what what's left? Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it creates a situation where, like, what's, like, someone going to go to the police and be like, nah, there's an evil doll inside that fucking... I'm not even saying up. that. I'm saying, look, you just blast that kid. That's just what needs to happen. You failed at that point. I mean, what would Andy do had Chucky transferred into this boy's soul? I mean, I feel like he'd get up and fucking speak in the boy's voice and be like, it didn't work. Blah, blah, blah. That is classic Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know him well. Uh, but no. He, I mean, it. The, and at that point, he wasn't expected to fuck. He wasn't expecting to be like on a chase through an evil carnival. He's just trying to fucking escape at that point. Hmm. I just. Uh, he, I, he knows he can't fucking. He can't fuck with guns. Yeah, too small. Um. Dude, he's got. He saw Perry Reeves. He was like, it. It sent him through a loop. People act a little silly sometimes. It just rubbed me the wrong way. They see a pretty woman, they make poor decisions. So in this instance, pretty woman equal sign nine year old black boy. Perry Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> you serious? Dead serious. Bad movie. But had a good time with it. Um, its entire uh, internal mechanism made no sense to me. Um, yeah, no, it's contrived as fuck. But it didn't have to be, yeah. which is is the funny part about it. Like there are really simple fixes. I feel like to making this the bomb shit movie that it could have been. But yeah, yeah so you got to talk to Jake, Jack Bender. I would. A, lot, a lot of people agreed. <laughs> Somebody reach out, email this man. A lot of people agreed. Um. Yeah, I mean, dude, I was reading a review of his commentary, and apparently, like, literally, he's like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> I wouldn't apologize for this movie. I thought it was fine. I thought it was better than most Freddy movies. I thought it was better than most. Uh, that's about as far as I can go with it. Most Hellraiser movies; those are terrible. Those are a different level of terrible. So I think bad. It, I think it's better than a fair amount of Friday the Thirteenth movies. I can't go there. Every every single Friday the Thirteenth movie is like blessed holy ground to me. <laughs> I have a lot of trouble with that series, which we're going to get into because Dan and I are going to do, a, I don't like announcing this kind of shit on Mike. This never goes well, but we're going to try to do some Friday the 13th content for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> a comic could hit my house right now. So I don't want to fucking listen. There's alien bodies being thrown up on the fucking news and shit. I mean, not American news, but yeah, it's a crazy world. Anything could happen, but we're going to try to do some Friday the 13th content. want to say we're going to try to do three Friday the 13th movies and one movie commentary. But yeah. subject to change, you never know. There's lots yeah, so of... So join us next week for Babylon. Yeah, join us next week for Clerks 3 again. <laughs> <laughs> As Dan concedes to only doing Clerks 3 for the rest of the podcast. I can't watch Clerks 3 again, I don't think. <laughs> No. So I watched it with you, or for the podcast. That's so I, one. So I saw it in theaters. And That's then, two. And, no, that was the one I saw. It oh, and so then, you only had seen it once. And then I watched it. Uh, On 4K. But, but the, I saw it in theaters at like 11 p.m. and made cats sit through it. Um, on, like, <laughs> on like opening night. Um, Every single time Kevin Smith announces a movie, cats like, oh, shit. Here we go again. Yeah, seriously. Yo, and also, Kat's initials are CJ. Amazing That's coincidence. Hilarious. That all works out. Um, also, Cat was born on Grove Street. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we uh, then I got the 4K disc. That was the first 4K disc I got. I watched. Wait, that. was what? I'm sorry, Black. Was out. Clerks three? The Steel Book. I just want. I want all of our. <laughs> I want. I want all of our listeners to understand that, like, there was there was a long time when, like, I was the physical media collector of, like, Blu-ray discs. Like, Dan only had, like, a few whatever movies that he liked. And um, there was a moment where Dan reached out yeah. to me right my, after my, he... My meager collection, I only have, like, 260 Blu-rays. Dan's like, he has a few Blu-rays. It was pathetic. <laughs> um, and he's... Uh, I don't want to skip ahead here, but... Um, 
Yeah, I uh, was elated one day Dan reached out to me. And I shouldn't be elated when Dan reaches out to me. It's always I should always layer it with a level of caution, even when it's really positive news like this, because it has led to some really dark <laughs> advancements in our friendship. But Dan is um, now collecting 4K Blu-ray discs now that his setup is uh, upgraded. And I really didn't think it was going to happen, but he reached out to me and was like, yo, I'm buying 4k blu-rays now <laughs> and like every everyone he buys is like the most insidious movie that i would never <laughs> own on 4k <laughs> or a movie that he owns like 11 other versions yeah. of and like and it's all shit from like the 50s <laughs> through the 70s. i want to give him props because like i remember in our initial conversations about um the format and about owning movies like that i was like you were like, what is the fucking, like, what is even the draw? And I was like, you know, these movies, some of them are so, like, these special effects and just the amount of money they throw into it. It's best to, like, have an upgraded setup to experience it. And Dan, like, is watching movies from 1996 over and over again that don't have a single special effect in them. No. He's like, the hey. The majority <laughs> of my 4K days. The monkey 4K just came in. <laughs> Can't wait to see the clarity on fucking Daniel Faraday's ball. The overwhelming majority of the movies I have are like 1975 and prior. And I think those are the ones that look the best. I like, think those are the ones that look the absolute worst in 4K. That's insane. That's not insane. You know there's a large contingent of people that have problems with uh, the way that certain films are transferred. Certain, you know, yeah, certain. I mean, there are, some that are, there are some oh, I, that are bad. Dan, I, have, I have some 4K movies that I love that are from um, decades ago, but there are some that are terrible that I've gotten that yeah, I think look no. like absolute shit. Well, I don't buy any without fucking looking at side by side. Okay. But that's like, not recognizing the problem. You're just recognizing your solution. There are bad, there are bad 4k prints for sure. So yeah, I um, but like, so heat is not that old movie and that 4k print looks like garbage too. Does it? Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. It looks like there's a black cloud over every scene. Yeah, Because that's what, that is the digital noise that is in that movie that you can for sure. What's crazy is like uh, a lot of this I've come to realize especially editing the YouTube stuff because I'm taking clips from brand new movies like this, the top 10 disappointing movies of whatever this year I'm cutting from Blu-ray rips of like, for example, there's this movie 65 with Adam driver where it's a $180 million movie where he's fighting dinosaurs. Okay. And it is beyond bad. And all it takes, this and I'm going to say Indiana Jones also was the same deal. And that is a movie made by Lucasfilm. All it takes, Dan, 10% brightening. And you see things that are horrifying. Yeah. On a 2023, yeah. 11 gigabyte rip of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny during the scenes. And because this movie, and this is like why I wish that we could do a little more shit like this. Because this is just, I mean, horrifying. But the first 30 minutes of this movie are a de-aged Harrison Ford as like prime Indiana Jones oh era. God. And he's doing action. He's on a train. He's on a yeah. bike. And if you end up watching that video that I made, I lightened all of the face replacement scenes and it is a absolute horror show. I, I bet. Mean, it is like the uncanny valley is being raped oh in front of you. It's horrifying. And when you have these transfers the more clarity is not what you need on certain old films. More clarity I mean, I is not what was intended. It's not what it looked. Like. Here's the thing. No, like, dude, because a good scan, all it does is look like the actual fucking 16 millimeter print. That's look how it's at time. Like when you like, gave me dude, body dude, snatchers. Yeah, that movie looked exactly how it should look. Yeah. And that dude, movie looked have gorgeous. You watched 2001 on 4K. Yeah. Gorgeous. Right. Like, but there they ne it needs to be the one it needs to be something they weren't trying to rush to market and something that they put the care into like not being like oh we're just gonna brighten all the pixels up like no it needs to fucking look like the goal is for the old movies yeah. to look the best they what i'm saying what they is, look like at the time in their best it's I supposed think, to be like a lossless transfer of the film right i think that there are some films that 12 angry men dude, that can't or, handle that agreed but like dude like strange love when you watch it like all the war room scenes with all the shadows, like. Well, I mean, that movie was already it's, so clear. Yeah, and now so you watch. I watch clear. on 4K. It looks like it was filmed last year. It's awesome. Anyway, moral of the story is. Whereas the newer congrats. movies, the difference between the 4K disc and yeah. a Blu-ray is much smaller, in my opinion. This is an interesting take, and I think you might be right with what you just said there, because, yeah. Then it's almost more dependent on your setup mm -hmm. because 
if I were you can to... artificially fuck with your TV settings to make it not look like the movie's intended. To well, look. I'm saying like if I had like a QLED fucking insane ass fucking setup, then then the difference between like a Blu-ray of the new Dune movie versus the 4K would be monumental. But I think my TV is kind of in the mid ground of like you wouldn't see much. Well, that's what happens when your TV is the size of a house. Well, and is not the highest picture clarity. Yeah. We went for size over clarity, yeah. which, which was a choice that I made on purpose because at the time movie theaters were closed Yeah, and I just was sick of it. And I was sick of the movies before then. And I just wanted something big on my wall. Yes. I've come to realize that had I done proper preparation, research, etc., I could have gotten a projector and really thought it out. I mean, I have a giant white wall. It would have been, fine for me to put a giant screen right there to pull down that all being said i wanted just a big fucking tv i got what i wanted yeah, but my and it's next dope TV, as fuck. yeah it's dope as fuck but my next tv i'm gonna do the opposite i'm gonna go to depending on big how big my next living room is i want to go to like a 70 inch like yeah. extremely clear tv instead of something so large i um, mean that's definitely part of it like i can imagine if you're watching a 4k disc of a fucking black and white movie from the 60s yes and no because some of these movies that had went wrong i'll go to the internet and everybody would be bitching yeah. about how wrong they went for um, sure All i right. still am gonna back up the fact that the psycho 4k that i have is one of the worst transfers of a film i've I ever seen in my life yet. um that was the one that set me off because that was a day the just, north by northwest one looks fucking awesome just to give you an idea of why i've gone or in the, the, opposite, ver the vertigo one rather the vertigo one looks amazing to give you an idea of why i've gone in the opposite direction not only because I own most of those older movies as Blu-rays and not 4Ks, but because um, when I first got my 4K player, my first two purchases were like whatever big special effects, 10-pole blockbuster I had wanted. Oh, it was Ready Player One. That was my first 4K disc and Psycho. Those were the two that I got. Yeah. And I watched both in the same night and I was horrified at Psycho and was like, Ready Player One looked fucking incredible. And that was kind of my outset for the 4k transfer is like just get nice tech demo shit because you're going to upset yourself if you start watching movies that you love and they look like shit and the second time that that happened was 300 i put that on hadn't seen it in like 15 or more years i'm sure plenty of people thought it looked like shit at the time whatever that's not what i'm saying i remembered it being a very visually rich movie uh to look at as a you know, if you could give Zack Snyder flowers for anything, it's like you could pause some of his movies and they look like fucking gorgeous, yeah. um, regardless of their content, which is terrible. But um, I um, just really had like a bad initial experience with all that and um, ended up watching 300 and I've never seen a movie look so bad in my entire life as a transfer. It was like, literally, this is not acceptable. And... I've kind of done just like a little bit of each. Lately, I've done some 4Ks from the 90s that look gorgeous. Showgirls looked fucking incredible. They made that movie look exactly like what it should have looked like in a theater. Like yeah. very soft. That's all I'm looking for. It's yeah. like I'd like if I if I see it's the, out there. If I see a mass like as soon as I'm like, oh, I would love to own that in 4K. I go on these fucking nerd forums. I look at screenshots. If people are like, eh, it looks fucking like shit, then I don't buy it. Right. But like I'm really with the 4k disc with the newer movies i find the difference between like because the oled tvs have the fucking 4k upscaling anyway right. like the hdr upscaling so like the difference between the blu-ray like i have big lebowski on blu-ray i bought big lebowski on 4k the difference is incredibly minimal but the big difference with the space on the disc is the sound like the set the uncompressed sound on the 4k discs is so much better it's so sick I have trouble like making, you know, I've struggled with those distinctions. I think my ears are just too blown out from concerts and playing drums. I don't like. Do you go when you turn on the 4K disc, do you go into the audio settings and pick the mix that goes with your setup? Like usually there's like a stereo mix or a fucking like. In the settings of the mix. disc you're saying? Yeah. Or the settings of yeah, my television? I, no, in, in the disc when you're at the main menu. This has got to be thrilling content. There's, just always, there, there's always like, uh, an, no, like an audio. No, never once. You, if you switch, because you don't have a 5.1 setup, if you switch to the so stereo. So what am I trying to do? Go stereo? You switch it to 2, 2.1, and then it's fucking more optimized for your shit. Huh. It sounds great. I'll give that a shot tonight and I'm going to watch Sleepy Hollow in 4K. It's nice favorite tim burton john 
Um, so this all came from Clerks 3 being my first 4K purchase. Terrible choice. Um, really nice steelbook art. Yeah. Gorgeous color palette on You that. asked me how many times I watched it. I watched it in theaters. I watched <laughs> oh, right. it on 4K disc. And then I watched, we got it. I, I watched it with the commentary track. Jesus. Okay. All right. So four, four, three, three. three. But I did fall asleep during the commentary track. Commentary track was who? It was uh, fucking all of them, dude. It was everyone. Erwan. Okay. <laughs> Dante, Randall, fucking oh, right. uh, Muse. Or no, Muse wasn't there. I feel like um, had had I gone back in time and didn't have to do that movie for this podcast, I would have rather watched Clerks 3 for the first time with a full commentary of those guys than even watch the movie. I don't think you would have liked this commentary. It was no? Kevin Smith leaning into everything you hate about him so much. <laughs> it literally starts with like, hi, kids. I'm here with five of my friends. I can do that. I can, <laughs> I can do hi, kids. I mean, <laughs> that's the entry level. <laughs> All right. Um, Child's Play 3. Uh, let Wait, me can, see... we, can, we, can we do a pee-pee break? Yeah, yeah, sure. Pee-pee break. Let me see if I have notes for this movie. Double me me. <laughs> Boop! <laughs> I really, this is gonna be a problem for me. I'm gonna forget this whole section happened. Hasn't happened yet. Or it did one time and I like cut it out. I don't know. Let's move on. But Random butt alert. Get this through your head, you Jew motherfucker, you! <laughs> Fuck, dude. Joe Pesci, relax. <laughs> Jesus. Dude. The Pesh. You're getting fucking worked up. Um, Joe Pesh mode. I wanted to... <laughs> Joe Pesh mode. Um, <laughs> I'd like to talk about some notes that I took while watching Child's Play 3, the movie that we're covering on the podcast today. Uh, this movie opened up with a automatically generated ad for the U.S. Army on Peacock. <laughs> Found that <laughs> really troubling and very fitting. Um, I also watched this on Peacock. It really? The same thing. Yeah. Did you get an army ad? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sexy. Um, <laughs> this movie opened up with like a, a boardroom meeting that reminded me a lot, or I guess the other way around, of Jurassic World in terms of fr like franchise sequelizing, where it's like a boardroom of people being like, Everyone's so bored with everything. Like, how do we make things spicy again? Yeah. Like, people are bored with dolls. And it was like, Jesus, guys. Uh, this movie's about to flop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're like, we need to bring Chucky back. That's what the consumers need. I was like, this is very... Everyone's like, always said World. that Spielberg fucking ripped off Jurassic Park from Child's Play 3. Yeah, people have always <laughs> said that Chris Pratt would not have a career if not for Child's Play 3. CP. If not for CP. <laughs> um, white guy with a golf ball in his pocket. <laughs> um, okay, Fa favorite line of the movie, also okay. most troubling line of the movie, I'm sure, as, as you know. Um, as we mentioned in the breakdown earlier, uh, main goal for Chucky, this movie, exploring a young black boy soul. Um, there's a point in which Chucky has like accepted that this is the plan. And they like zoom in on his face, and Chucky's like, Chucky's gonna be a brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack Bender, baby. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That, I mean, that line was like, <laughs> really split my wig. You know what I mean? I was dude, like, God uh, damn. <laughs> how could he not pivot his plan at that point when the opportunity arose? To have a huge dick. Yeah. As an adult. Um, yeah. Presto, you're dead. That was <laughs> yeah. a line that I thought was particularly great. Uh, Want to talk a little bit about the haircutting guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess like you know, haircut Joe Jamie Jameson. He, every like military institution has to have the guy who's the barber to cut the hair. Don't think most of them have to have one that's this <laughs> predatory. <laughs> really strange plot line. This guy really hates hair. I would say like he hates long hair. I'd say like. Plotline because like, it's Zeta <laughs> in this movie was the sad, sad story of a man obsessed with children's hair. Um, and it just really kept coming up. I mean, I didn't write this movie, you did, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I didn't do this, I'm just saying what I saw. And then he wants doll's hair as well, 
He's indiscriminate. Yeah, the, okay. the man hates All hair. Right. Thank you for reminding me for that. So, like, yeah, he, uh, he his, he ha- clearly has a sexual kink. He just her. loves cutting hair, man. It gets him. The off. man loves his crap. It gets him off, dude. That's a fucking artisan. When they say like, oh, like, oh, that guy probably had a hair doll. That guy had a fucking hair doll. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Very disturbing character. Don't know what the angle really ultimately was there. Made me sick. And um, eventually he comes into contact with Chucky and his first inclination is that he has to cut his hair. It's so odd. It's so weird. I mean, what a character? Question mark. Yeah. Legend. That was a <laughs> the legend. White King. The legend that is that the barber from Child's Play 3. Yeah. I think I recognized from other movies but i can't quite remember um ari gold's wife let's go um <laughs> uh big nose queen huge huge the, four, the 4k disc has a has a perry reeves retrospective oh hell yeah dude yeah i'm trying to climb into that soul you know what i mean i don't explain i want to you know stab her a bunch of times and then do the whole dembella thing the clouds show up lightning strikes i become her i spend the rest of my life being super sexy etc yeah yeah. is that a good explanation yeah um hide the boy's soul really didn't appreciate that (laughs) basically oh man if you want to think of it like god this is gonna get really dark this is good this is these are fucking wild movies um If you want to imagine, like, in abuse situations, like sexual abuse situations, let's say uncle, cousin, I would say would be the best example, where an older person, the person in power, the abuser, the sexual abuser, comes up with, like, a game to, like, hide the abuse, like, hide the pickle, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're going to play hide the pickle with your uncle, night crawlers, if you will. Right. Um. Chucky had that with the little black kid in this game. Yeah, movie. yeah. And the game that he kept trying to get him to play was Hide the Soul. Yeah. And it just like <laughs> has no ring to it. And it's something said so many times throughout the movie, just hide the soul, hide the soul. I'm like, this is weird. And eventually, after playing Hide the Soul, I would argue too many times. Yeah. The little black kid is like, I don't want to play this game anymore. Yeah. I'm like, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> It's a disgusting game. But, you know, he did it a few, like, three times prior, so he kind of liked it. That's true, yeah. He, he liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <Eddie> Woody. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, really the only other thing that, um, did it for me, uh, in this movie was Chucky's death, where he gets thrown into a giant fan, um, giant like fan that's like blowing decorations around Wait, you in didn't, like a haunted you house. didn't like the only Jewish character being a total coward and no then... <laughs> I did have that in my notes I hated that Dan but then I really he, felt isolated he finally redeems himself by jumping on a live grenade uh, dude I had a big problem with that whole saddle character he was like being portrayed in like a way that was not favorable it was that, anti-semitic to my people for so, sure um hated that and uh <laughs> Yeah, fucking Chucky calls them the K word over and over. Again. <laughs> they just kept being like, they they just kept being like, um, like, oh, will you help? Will you help? And he'd be like, oh, you don't know, I'm scared. <laughs> it was so fucked, dude. It was bad. It made me fucking upset. Yeah, they're literally like, hey, hey, Mordecai, all you have to do is literally just say yes. I also saw that doll, and children can be saved. Seriously, and he was, and he was like. He's like, oh, I didn't see nothing. It, it, like, oh, dude, they made him such a spineless worm. <laughs> so bad. Jack Bender, fucking. Jack Bender. Uh, outright fucking. Goy King. <laughs> um, And uh, that is it. The only other thing I was left wondering, not enough to actually watch the next movie in the series, but the only thing I was left wondering is, what is anyone going to tell the police after this? Yeah. A lot of people are dead. It's a tough sell. A lot of people are dead. Yeah. Um, and Chucky has been thrown into a fan where he has been blown into a trillion pieces. Um, no evidence, really, of anything here. Uh, not sure how Andy got away with this one, if I'm being honest. Well, what the explanation? We'll have to was. wait till Bride of Chucky to find out. Does Andy come back in Bride of Chucky? I don't think so, but I think they he address, comes back in Cult I think, of I think Chucky. They address via like newspaper clipping he's a character in the newer don mancini joints yeah 
which were fine. Very bland. Cult of Chucky is weird as fuck. I don't even remember which one was which. There was one with the girl in the wheelchair. Did you see that one? Where the main character is a woman in a wheelchair? Is that in the mental hospital? I think that was Cole. Yeah, in the mental hospital. No, she was like at home being taken care of by her mom and dad. It was like either the sequel to Cole, something like in that range. It took place in a house, uh, like a gothic house. Um, It was just a good one. It was a fair one. A lot of the tension was over her being in a wheelchair and like Chucky fucking with her like because she's crippled. Yeah, as one does. As Chucky does. (laughs) I'm surely not going to say one. One. The royal one. In Charles Lee Ray's situation. Yeah, yeah, specifically that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that fucking crazy ass doll dude the look of like the way they made this doll convey pleasure mm-hmm. like like mixed with like pure rage while strangling an old man for no reason whatsoever <laughs> just like what a what a series brad dorif king yeah legendary um, voice work legendary acting the man getting into a room i'd say his acting is uh, more uh, iconic uh, than um, even his chucky voice at this point dude he just goes into a room and just goes, oh! <laughs> They're like, all right, but now look like you're getting off while you're strangling him. Oh! Uh, the Dembella ritual. That was something I wanted to mention real quick, too, uh, which is something that comes up many times throughout the Child's Play series. But in this movie, Chucky like does the ceremony um, over the boy's ole. And the weather turns into like in yeah. the mask when Dorian Tyrell puts the mask on and all the like black clouds. Yeah, <laughs> it like cuts all this crazy shit. And what I thought was crazy is like there's like a line of text that they always repeat. It's kind of like Evil Dead where it's like always the same words over and over again. Um, and in this movie, um, Chucky had his victim in front of him and he was doing the ritual. And honestly, he got really far into it and like the clouds came in and like all this shit. And then like. Uh, Andy's trying to shoot him with a gun over and over again, missing and blah, blah, blah. And it just seemed like, man, what a shitty voodoo ritual that you have to repeat it like 50 times. He repeated it like 20 times Yeah, in a row. Yeah, I know. It's not. And I was like, dude, is this going to take or what? Does it take longer because he's black? It's like the intro to The Mummy, which I've seen. I love that distinction, <laughs> which I am now able to talk about. Um, other than that, it was fine. Uh, for a Chucky movie, six and a, six and three quarters out of ten. Beautiful. The rare seven point seven five. That's not what I said. I said six, six and, and three quarters. Six point seven five. Uh, <laughs> For a film for this podcast, like six oh. at, at best. Uh, Honestly, it should be a five. Yeah, it could have been adjusted for scale. It could have been more. But that being said, but we got a great discussion of four K media out of it. Yeah, the gripping. <laughs> it was like my fireman story all over again. Dude, just <laughs> this one will be a more hit among the four K Blu Ray. Crowd. Well, it's spooky time, so yeah. you know everybody's got to listen to spooky episodes, and here we are. Here we are. I don't have a board anymore for the Movie Blues podcast because I just didn't make one. The Let's en- see what we got going on. The now. end of an era. <sighs> this is a real mess down here. What I'm just gonna do make a child's play. <laughs> just write a little note down here. <laughs> uh, I'm proud of you for making it through this whole episode without saying "child's gay." Wow, that's really not appropriate, Dan. Your thoughts on this one? I know, it's weird you said it in your brain. I did not. (laughs) My brain has not reached that point. But uh, yours did. Ready? What you got? What are you going to give this piece of shit (laughs) that you made me watch? A 6.9. 6.9. It's like a warm blanket. A lot of nostalgia for Dan on this one. So, not going to... Had a few laughs. What more do you need? A... Better choice for the podcast. Okay. Good stuff, though. Good times. Ch- Chucky, what a guy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> glad you got your jollies in with this one. Charles. It was um, it was the best of times. It was the best of times, you know? Charles. Charles. Um, 
Anything else, Dan? Anything you'd like to mention to your many fans, the many Child's Play fans here, the many 4K Blu-ray disc fans uh, in the chat, in the live chat today? Yeah, stop buying fucking Disney Plus <laughs> cartoons on 4K disc. Dan Enden, recent, some, some recent of us are waiting of the for... entire series of Game of Thrones on 4K disc. Yeah. Bizarre choice. Some of, some of us are uh, waiting patiently for Boogie Nights, and you're clogging up the production lines. I know. I'm dying for that one. You know, when you get sick of that Game of Thrones set, why don't you switch it out for this Battlestar Galactica set behind me, Dan? That worked really well last time. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like doing the same thing again and All expecting right. different results. I'll watch Battlestar Galactica box set while you watch my entire news radio box set. <laughs> On DVD? <laughs> yeah. That's barbarism, Dan. I'm gonna in, watch. It's probably streaming In somewhere. full screen. Does it have to be on your disc? I mean, if you don't, if you want to miss out on the experience of one of those Shout Factory <laughs> sets where oh, there's three discs in a cardboard sleeve. <laughs> Is Newsroom the one with Michael J. Fox? News Radio. Radio? No. The one with Michael J. Fox? No. We got a cast consisting of uh, Dave Foley, Stephen Root, Maura Tierney, Andy Dick, one Joseph right, Ro- right. Joe Rogan. Um, yeah, I used to watch the show all the time, like when it was on TV when I was a kid. My favorite sitcom all time. Huh. So funny. I don't know about that. Stephen Root, baby. Stephen Root is a king. So funny. Great guy. Fucking Phil Hartman, dude. Phil Hartman, that show? He's Bill McNeil. I have trouble watching Phil Hartman content. I read a Phil Hartman biography. What was that like? Sad. Well, (laughs) I had you reach the ending, I'm sure. (laughs) It was probably exciting for a while. Yeah. Why did his wife kill him? Uh, Because Andy Dick gave her blow and she relapsed and was like on psychotropic medicine and she fucking shot him in the face while he's sleeping. But, like, did he deserve it at all, or no? No, no, she was just, like, bipolar. Did they have, like, a fraught relationship at all? Like, only insofar as he was married to a bipolar person. More on that next week on the (laughs) Movie Blues podcast. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's it. Talk about win-win. Goodbye. (laughs)